Well, it's the first Sunday of Advent, and we're kicking off our Christmas series today called Wish List. And it's hard to believe that Christmas is here already. Do you rem- uh, some of you remember this? The younger kids probably not so much, but you remember uh, getting the Sears Wish Book? You know when that when that used to. And and did you circle things in the wish book? And uh, that's kind of the subtle way of. But, but sometimes, like, there was this in-between stage where you still believed in Santa, but you were circling things in the wish book, and you're like kind of, and I don't know about you, but my, my parents lied and said, well, well, we give that to Santa, and that's what, you know, something like that. Anyhow, it all worked out. The, the wish book, the Sears wish book, it, it's a catalog for those of you who don't know what I'm talking about, and it used to come out, like, in October, and then it started coming out in September, and now it comes out in January, like it, <laughs> earlier every year. Um, So one year out of the wish book, I wished for my first real pair of hockey skates. And and I can still remember uh, opening those up on Christmas morning, CCM tax. And that's all I wore for the rest of my uh, hockey, nothing but CCM tax. And I was so excited about these skates that uh, that first night, uh, in my Montreal Canadiens bed sheets, bed, bed set. I wore those skates to bed. There I was. Hopefully I didn't have to get up in the night to go to the bathroom with the skates on. And, uh, but anyhow, I did. I slept with them on my feet. That's how excited I was. Um, just a couple more things before we get too deep into this. Uh, uh, just a heads up. Uh, the Sunday before Christmas on December the 20th, we are going to have and share together and worship together in a special Christmas offering. So that's not anything new. We've done Christmas offerings before, and uh, we're doing well. You're doing well as a congregation. We are behind on budget some, and there's lots of things that we want to do. And so we're going to come to you for a Christmas offering on the 20th, so heads up on that. We'll give you more details in the weeks ahead. Also, on the 20th, we already have someone who's asked that they could be baptized on uh, December the 20th. So we're looking forward to that. So if you've been thinking, you know what, I, I need to be baptized, Christmas Sunday would be a great time for you to, uh, to be baptized. So that's coming. If, uh, if, that, if you'd like to know more about that, if you'd like to be baptized on the 20th, use those communication cards. There's a hundred different ways to get in touch with us and let us know about that. Uh, so let's do our annual Christmas poll uh, I've already finished off three boxes of eggnog. So eggnog, if, yay for eggnog. Go ahead. This is Christmas poll, Moncton Wesleyan. It's very scientific. They're all on this side of the church. This is the eggnog side of the church. Haters, eggnog haters. Yeah, they're, yeah they don't like Okay. Uh, fruitcake. You know there's a really only one fruitcake, right? Like it just gets sent around to different houses year after year. It's the same fruitcake. They only ever made one. And it just gets sent around year after year. Uh, mince meat. Oh, how do you eat that stuff? What is wrong with you? Listen to it. Mince meat. It just, it just sounds wrong. Toffee fay. Toblerone. What, what am I missing? Meat, meat pie. Meat pie. Gingerbread. Chicken balls isn't Christmas. Chicken bones. Okay. 
Mary Lynn, she's right in the front row, chicken bones! The Ganong's chicken bones, those little pink things that, uh, it's 10 minutes of disappointment until you get into the chocolate. And I always think, was that worth it? Can't you just like crush them open and get the chocolate out? That's a lot of hard work. If they didn't put the chocolate in the middle, no one would ever eat another chicken bone. All right, that's fun. Is anybody dying to share something like, you didn't say this, come on, you did, you're all right, you're good, okay. Um, we all have, <laughs> what? Shortbread. Only shortbread, like if it's loaded with sprinkles or icing or something, but just shortbread is kind of, Have your shortbread with eggnog or coffee, right? Okay, 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 we're out of control. Settle, settle. I have a sermon to preach, you know. <laughs> That's good. Apple pie, it's all year round, it is, it's all year round. Well, one of our Christmas traditions used to, used to be, uh, my father used to make this killer seafood chowder on Christmas Eve. Thicker than Graham and Ann Fogg. Ah, so good, like just, just a heart attack. You could just feel everything just clogging, and, um, but it was so, so good. Uh, opening one gift on Christmas Eve, that kind of, I'm not just the only one who does that. Um, we have some, some traditions around Moncton Wesleyan, like uh, uh, we help several families in need, and uh, you need to know that, that we, we do a lot of that. Um, so you're, you're a part of that, your giving goes to help that. Uh, about 4,700, Graham, how many boxes, how many Christmas Samaritan's Purse boxes went out of here? Close to 5,000 uh, Samaritan's Purse boxes. So that's, that's greater Moncton, but they all come through here, and we like to double that number uh, next year. We also have a tradition in this city, we do, Moncton Wesleyan, we have a tradition in this city of providing high-quality Christmas programs that we've been doing for over 40 years that uh, you can invite the entire city to, that you can invite every person you know to. And, and the more that I hear about uh, this year's Hub City Christmas, the more excited I get. Uh, the girls, the dance team that was out here at the beginning of the service, uh, they're going to be in Hub City again this year. They're fantastic. So, so be sure to get a handful of tickets and invite everyone that you know. Uh, take the posters that we have. Those posters are no good sitting around the church in a box. Like, go to the information booth after church, get a couple of posters, put them up wherever you can put them up. Uh, we need you. You are our, our marketing strategy is you to go out there in the city and, uh, and get people here. The best part about Hub City, or not the best part, but one of the great parts about Hub City is that it's free. The challenge is that it's free. And, and so it's, it's great to be able to get tickets and give, give away tickets, but, but free makes it easy to not show up because it didn't cost, you know, people just don't, they just think, well, it was free, hey, it's no big deal. And so you got to go the extra mile to, to keep in reminding people and inviting them and making sure that they show up because we don't want an empty seat. We want seats on seats so that we can uh, hopefully see more souls in heaven, right? We want to share Christ with as many people as possible. So... Uh, this Tuesday night, Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, a special prayer meeting for Hub City Christmas here at the church. Um, so we need you to, 
that's something that everyone can do. You can all be here, so I'll see you all again Tuesday night, 7 o'clock, special prayer meeting for Hub City. Okay, mini lights and Apple headphones, the most impossible knots in the world, right? Mini, mini lights and, and those earbuds that you get with Apple products uh, create the most impossible knots in the world. You probably have, this is what my mini lights look like. You probably have like this ultra neat, you know, system for your mini lights that keeps them perfectly, keeps them from getting untangled. Your mini lights probably, probably come marching out of the, the containers one by one, ready for their annual duty, you know, stepping up for service uh, in, a, in a neat line. The person who designed a 10-foot string of mini lights where if one goes out, they all go out. Where is that person? You know, or, or a 50-foot line. You got 100 lights on the thing and you got to check every single one of them. Christmas lights used to be the size of your head. It used to be this big bulb, right? And they were individual sockets. And, and if one of them went out, you knew which one it was. It's a crazy idea. And, and so you would get another one and you would unscrew the old one and you would put the new one in. It's, it was, it was a, and there were all these different colors, bright colors, the old, the old lights, but they were really, really, really big. And the wire was like, you know, thicker than licorice, right? The wire was, was like rope. And um, by the time you got all this on your tree, you, you had to nail your tree to the wall. You had to anchor your tree because it weighed a thousand pounds and if it ever came over it was it was taking somebody out and so you're <laughs> this is true like all by the time you get all this stuff on everything weighed 10 pounds and uh anyhow so your tree was a, was was deadly and now we have these little guys we have we have about four million of these glowing at our house right now um like nasa has called to see what what's going on um at, at your house every time we plug it in uh, which we do first thing in the morning. We go around the house and plug them all in, and like Mac to quack dim, dims, like like point in the probes, you know, when when we plug these guys in, and we don't we don't even have to turn the heat on. Like we got enough of these guys going. You can just you can just just you know, and we love Christmas. We start early and we get all the light we can. Like you got to charge up for January and February. February is coming, and you got to you got to charge up. Wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be great if the world that we lived in was getting brighter by the day? Wouldn't that be good? What if people were happier? What if we were all getting happier every day? <laughs> just like, the longer you live, the happier you get until you just, you're just so full of joy, God takes you, out, takes you to heaven. Like, you just, you just get happier all the time. What if we were friendlier? What if life got easier every day? What if, uh, if people with vast differences actually sat down and talked about things and got to know each other a little bit better? What if prisons went out of business? What if cancer and other diseases um, became increasingly rare or history because we were just finding cures and, and uh, we were able to treat people and that stuff just became a thing of the, the, the past? What if it was God's plan? What if God's plan all along was to string the world with mini lights and you're one of them what if god's plan all along was to string the world with mini lights and you're one of them because he knew that the world was a dark place and he knew the bible tells us it's, it's 
getting dark and dark. But what if God had a, had a plan? String the world with many lights. This will never work, will it? You watched. It worked yesterday, but it's probably, oh, there they are. They're blue. I'll have a blue <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> that is not in my notes. Is Thane done here? Thane, are you here, buddy? He's here quite a bit. Anyhow, he's probably like, oh, no, don't do it, don't do it. Okay. So what if God knew just how dark the world was going to get? And he sent his son into the darkness. And he called his son the light of the world. And then he created a way for millions of us, billions of us, to receive his light into our lives so that we could go out into the world. So you could, you could pour out of here like fireflies on a Sunday morning and go out into the world and, and, and be the light and, and make the world a brighter place, one act of love at a time. Uh, our Christmas series is called Wish List, and, uh, and this is my, my wish for you, my wish for Moncton Weston, is that we, this Christmas, in the next few weeks, that we would shine the light of Jesus into every dark, and, and hopeless situation, into every hurting place we can find, into every dark place we can find, that, that, that the world would know and, and see the light, the love of Jesus Christ. That's my wish for us. You are a mini light. The word Christian started as a slur. It was the, the Romans... Um, teasing the, the, the Jesus followers, and they said, look at them, there they go, those little mini-Christs. Mini-Christs. And it became Christians. He's the light. And if you know the light, then you have him, the, the full-blown presence of the Holy Spirit burning inside you like a million nuclear power stations. Jesus told us to be the light of the world, like a city on a hill that, that can't be hidden. We are saved to shine. We're supposed to go and glow. We're forgiven so that we can flood into the hard places of other people's lives and tell them there is hope. There is hope in the name of Jesus Christ. He's the light of the world. The four Gospels, uh, the first four books of the New Testament, uh, these are starting to get warm, actually. All right, we'll come back to those in a minute. The, the four Gospels, the first four books of the New Testament, each have a, un, a unique way of diving in to the story of Jesus. Matthew starts his Gospel with a genealogy. We, you know, really exciting. It, it's, it's exciting if you do the homework on why, why was he mentioning these people? Why was it significant? But he starts with a genealogy, and then he goes straight to Mary's story. Uh, Mark, uh, Mark just jumps in with John the Baptist. And the temptation of Jesus, right straight into the deep end. Uh, Luke begins with prophecy. And he talks about Zechariah and the angel Gabriel visiting Mary. And then John, where we're going to be this morning, John takes a different approach. And John actually 
echoes the Genesis account, the Genesis story. And he starts, John starts the story of Jesus before, before the story of creation. And he, John starts with, he was before there was. It's kind of like, oh, like, wow. He, John starts with, he's, he's everlasting. And John goes right into the, the deep end. And you're going to see here in a minute when we get into the text that John, just, he's just dropping these cosmic bombs on us in the first part of his book. And he makes no great attempt to explain them. He, it's just, it, it is what it is. And he just keeps dropping one after another. And by not explaining them, what John is implying is that we weren't created to be able to know all things. You'll never know everything. But you were created for faith. And God has given us more than sufficient evidence to believe. Not without doubt. It's not like you're never going to doubt again. But, it, but in spite of our, our, our doubts, God has given us enough, enough reason to believe. Hebrews 11 verse 3, uh, the Hebrews writer said this in 11 verse 3, by faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command, that what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. So it, it, it requires faith. It's awesome stuff. Okay, John chapter 1, uh, beginning in verse 1, and uh, here we go. John says this, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. God sent a man, John the Baptist, to tell about the light, so that everyone might believe because of his testimony. John himself was not the light. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. And he came into the world, the very world he created. But the world didn't recognize him. He came to his own people, and even they rejected him. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness. We have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. John testified about him when he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said, someone is coming after me who is far greater than I am, for he existed long before me. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. That's a great verse. I'm going to read that one again. That was good. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and his faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. Well, John's world had been wishing for a savior. John's contemporaries, John's people, they, they wanted a Messiah. They were expecting God to, to send them an answer. And most of Israel expected or wanted an overthrower, and God sent them an overcomer. They wished for uh, a warrior, and they got a baby. 
Back to verse 1. Let's go back to verse 1 where John says, In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. John's letter sounds intentionally parallel to the book of Genesis, where it starts with, in the beginning. There was, John's saying there was, there was an existence before any of this existed. God had a world where he existed before he created the world where we exist. And it bends my brain. But believing that all of this complexity just happened, just, just happened from a billion years of random coincidences also bends the brain. It's not like that's a whole lot easier to believe, right? So it's, it's, it's mind-bending stuff either way. John calls Jesus the Word. And the word for the word is the word logos. Let's see if we can put this up on the, on the screen for us here. Next slide. Nope. All right. We'll see if we can find that. Um, John calls Jesus, it's slide five. Whoever's on slides up there. There it is. The word for the word is logos. So John refers to Jesus as the word. And this word in Greek is the word logos, and that word means message. Like John is saying, Jesus is the entire story. He's all of it. He's the whole story. All of history is his story. It's all about Jesus, everything, all of it. From the very beginning, in the Old Testament, when God spoke his word or told the prophets to hear the word of the Lord, it was a foreshadow to the unveiling of Jesus who would be the physical incarnation of God's redemptive providence, God's providential plan. So the word became flesh. And, and by calling Jesus the word, it's John's way of telling us that creation only makes sense. All of this only makes sense. Your life, our world, everything, the whole story, it only makes sense in light of Jesus Christ, because without him, there is no meaning, and, and, and he is everything. And so John puts Jesus at the very beginning. He says, in the beginning was the word, and you should put Jesus at the very beginning, too. That's where he needs to be. This is how you start a day. You start your day with Jesus, and you get up in the morning, and in the beginning, Jesus, and you start your day that way. This is how to start a relationship. Don't try to add Jesus in after the fact or down the road or after it's too late. You know, start from the beginning and start your relationship with Jesus Christ. This is what you do when you come home from the hospital with a new baby in the beginning. And you start that child's life with Jesus Christ uh, from the very, very beginning. This is how to start a new job. This is how to start any new beginning. After you've You've come to experience new life, and you've come to experience the grace of God and the goodness of God. Anytime you have a new beginning, start with Jesus. In the beginning is the Word, is Jesus Christ. The Word, John said, tells us, is he's active in creation. He creates and he recreates. He makes all things new. He's the God of new beginnings. He's infinitely Creative. Just look around this room if you're not sure about God's creativity. He's infinitely creative. And sometimes we, uh, this God who's making all things new, sometimes we resist change and we resist new and we're like, well, can't we just stay, can't we just stay the same? But, 
But God always wants to do something new, and he wants, to, he wants to do new things in your life, and that you would grow and not stay where you are, but that God would do something new. Maybe God would do something new in your life right here this morning, and you would leave here changed, and you would say, well, that was who I was when I walked in, but, but God has done something in my life, and, and you could see the spiritual growth in your life. We, we have unlimited potential for new ways to express our worship to God, to, to minister new ways to reach uh, people for Jesus Christ. We're made in the image of God. We're packed with the potential to, to create and to help people see how good and how loving the Father really is. Creativity reflects the heart of the Creator. And so we've always got to be uh, expressing, you know, creative new ways to, uh, to worship God and, and to share the love of Jesus with others. Okay, back to verse 3. God created everything through him, and nothing was created except through him. Now compare that with these next verses, Genesis chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. God spoke, and there was. The, the spoken word of God creates something out of nothing. He formed heavens and earth where there was only void. The Spirit of God was, was present in creation. The Spirit of God was, was hovering over the, uh, over the deep. I wish we could see that. I mean, that would be a, a fantastic image to imagine, that, to see the Spirit of God hovering over the waters of the deep. And so we have the whole Trinity active in creation. We have God the Father, we have the hovering Spirit, and we have Jesus the Word. And when God speaks His Word, Anything can happen. When God's spirit hovers over the deep, dark places, anything can happen. What looks like chaos and what might look to us like an endless sea or it might be just one wave after another, that can be the potential for God to speak his word into your life, for God to bring his light. And with just one word, God can change everything. And maybe all you have this morning is void. Maybe all you have is just this kind of emptiness and, 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 and darkness and, and, and just, just deepness in your life. God can speak a word. If he can speak one word into creation and transform everything and create whatever he wants to create, then he can speak one word into your life this morning. And he can bring new life and he can bring light into your darkness this morning. We sang that song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come fill this place and flood the atmosphere. I was singing, come fill this place and flood my atmosphere is what I was singing. Holy Spirit, come. The Spirit was hovering over the deep. And if the Holy Spirit of God is hovering over the deep places in your life this morning, invite him just to say a word. God, give me a word. Speak, and I'll listen.
You can change everything with just one word. An empty space is a perfect place for God to create something new. That's what he does. That's who he is. Listen to the Apostle Paul echo these words. This is from Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. Paul says, Christ is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything, before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation. For through him God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him. He existed before anything else, and he holds all creation together. Okay, back to verse 4. Back to verse 4 of John chapter 1. John says, The word gave life to everything that was created, and his life brought light to everyone. John says that Jesus gave life and brought life. He gives and he brings. He gives us salvation, that's life, and he brings us revelation, that's light. Later in the book of John, Jesus will refer to himself as both life and light. With all these parallels back to the, the creation account, this is, this, John is setting you up, and this is what John is doing. He wants us to know that the creator of it all came into this world that he created through one of his created, that's Mary. The light that brought life into the darkness of creation came into creation to bring life and light into our lives. Bringing light and life was not, that was not just a Genesis deal. That was not just, you know, God's one-time show. This is who God is. This is what God does. It's not a one-time event. Jesus still brings light. He still brings life. This is who he is. Now, I don't want to, I don't, I honestly do not want to offend anyone here this morning, but, but I, I want to be clear. You might be, you might be living and, and breathing and, and doing okay, but until you have the light and the life of Jesus Christ living inside you, you are, you are, you're just existing. You're just passing through this whole world. And, and if you, even if you're loving life, even if, you, even if it's a blast, and you're still, you're missing the whole point of all of creation. You're missing the whole point of, of your life. And it's to know Jesus Christ. To, if you miss Jesus, you've missed the whole purpose of it all. You miss everything. Hope and meaning are found in Jesus Christ. Purpose and direction are found in Jesus. Without Jesus, we're just, we're, we're, all we're doing, all of us, without Jesus, we're just spinning on this big ball of dirt that seems more out of control every day. And having Jesus in your life, it turns the lights on so that you can see the world through Jesus' eyes. And life, even though, even though there's a lot of darkness and, and, and not everything makes sense, but life makes a lot more sense when you have the light of Jesus Christ shining inside of you. Now, light has many meanings in Scripture. It, it can be understanding. It can be truth. It can be guidance. It can be hope. It can be 
revelation. For instance, when you don't know what to do next, what do you do? You pray for the light. You pray that God will, will, will show you. When you are confused or when you are afraid, Psalm uh, 119, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp to guide my feet. It's a light for my path. If you're still searching for spiritual answers, if you're here this morning and, and you, you're still exploring, uh, you're a seeker and you've not yet accepted Jesus Christ, if you genuinely search, I mean, if you really, if you keep searching, and if you look into his word, and if your heart is open, if you're praying, Lord, show me who you are, he will shine his light into your life. This thing will just, it'll just shine bright light of God's truth into your life, and you, he will reveal himself to you, and you will see him like never before. Now, verse 5, back to verse 5. This is slide 10. They're having a hard time chasing me this morning. Slide 10, if we can get that one. Um, slide, there it is. It's red. We put this in red for a reason, because this is, a, is so important. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. Sometimes, sometimes it, it can feel like the darkness is overpowering the light. We just spent a, a four weeks in a series here on anxiety and worry and stress and fear. And, 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 and so in, if you heard me preach, then you know that, that I, I know what this feels like. Sometimes it can feel like, like the darkness is, is pressing in, overpowering the light. And if we're not careful and diligent with our, and with our own uh, spiritual lives, we can let other things turn down the, uh, the light. If, if, if you're not careful, you can, let me, let me get one here. I'll have this thing untangled by the time we're out of here. Church is over when this is untangled. You know, if, if you're not careful, there, there, there are things that can, you know, can come in into your life and, and just kind of hide the light and overshadow the light within us. And scripture is clear that we have the full wattage of the resurrection. We have the full voltage of Pentecost living inside of us. And some days we flicker and sputter like we're almost out of gas. Like, like, we're, like, we're, like the oil is almost gone and, 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 and we're just going to burn out. We're just, we're just going to be done. And, and we have to remember that in Jesus Christ, if we, have, if we have his light inside us, if we have his spirit inside us, then we, we were saved to shine for Jesus Christ. We've got to remember that. Okay, verses 12 through and 13. We're getting somewhere. Hang in here. Verses 12 and 13. But to all who believed him, this is when the lights go on in someone's life. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn, not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. Anyone who welcomes him as the light, he brings life. If you're here this morning and, and, and you have not yet uh, accepted Jesus as, as God's son, as your savior, 
if, if you've not yet come to a point where you believe and, and you want to receive him into your life, when you do that, when you say, Jesus, I'm yours, will you come into my life? He, he fills you with his light and he brings his life and you're reborn, the Bible says. You, you get, it's, like a, it's like a fresh chance, a brand new, a brand new start. But we keep reading in John's letter, and you'll see the lights coming on in people's lives. Dead, dark, hopeless situations flickering to life and, and glowing brighter for Jesus. I'm just gonna, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do a, like a, a super fast tour through the book of John. One by one, he calls his disciples. And word by word, his light invades their darkness until they are fully convinced he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God. He turns water into wine, disaster into joy. He tells a Jewish leader named Nicodemus that God loves us so much that he gave us his Son, the light, to save us from our sins. Jesus rests on the, the edge of a, of a well in an outcast community called Samaria, and he shines the light of his love, the light of his forgiveness, to a woman who has only really ever known loss and grief and darkness, and she's with her sixth man. And we don't know if, 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 if five of them died or if it was five divorces. It doesn't matter. Whatever way, her situation is bleak, and Jesus shines the light of his love, and she needs hope, and Jesus gives her new life. He tells cripples to dance. He feeds thousands off of one boy's happy meal. He walks into storms and raging seas of the disciples, and he just speaks a word of peace. He stands between an adulterous woman and a stone-throwing mob, and he speaks words of truth, and he speaks words of life, and he sets her free, and once again, the darkness is pushed back. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus boldly declares, he says, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. He heals the blind. He raises his friend Lazarus back from the dead. Even though Martha uh, put up a stink about Lazarus' dead, stinking body, sometimes shining the light is messy work, but you do it anyhow. Sometimes it stinks, but you do it anyhow. He rode into Jerusalem on a colt, a young donkey, telling us that the way that we could gain our lives would be to lose it. And if you want to be his disciple, you must deny everything else and follow him first and only with your lives. And as his light shone brighter, darkness tried ever harder to extinguish him and to put him out as just another poser, someone who was pretending to be the light. They arrested him and treated him like a criminal, like a thief. If we had one more chance to choose between light and darkness, and we hollered at Pilate until he released the darkness to us, and he sent the light to be crucified. And the darkness thought it won, and the sky grew black, and, and, and life emptied out of Jesus and spilled literally at the feet of the very ones he came to save. And his friends buried him. And darkness had one day. And then darkness had another. And then on the third morning, the same voice, that same voice from Genesis, that same voice that spoke life into the void of darkness on the very first day of creation, spoke 
life back into the body of Jesus, the eternal living word of God. And his eyes opened and the stone rolled and the guards fell and Jesus emerged victorious with a power over sin and hell, death and the grave. That's the story. He brings life and he gives light. I have, uh, these things are blinking now. Are you doing that to me up there in the, in the room? Can you control these things or is it from these blinking lights? I have, I have, I've got a couple wishes for us this morning. And, and one of my wishes is that every person here in this room this morning would accept the light of Jesus Christ into your life. That you would invite him in, into your darkness, into your world. And say, Jesus, um, I've never done this before, but, uh, but I'm realizing this morning that I can't do everything on my own, and I'm, I'm spiritually lost, and, uh, and I need your light to come in to my life. And that would be one of my wishes this morning, that everybody here in this room would make that decision. And then my second wish this morning is, is that we, Moncton Wesleyan, that we would go out of here this week very determined, very intentional to, to take the light of Jesus that we have in our lives and go make someone else's life a little brighter this week. And uh, you be thinking about that. There might be somebody that God lays on your heart and says, you can, you can, you can make a difference. You can cheer them up. You can do this. You can do that. God will, God will give you lots of ways to do that. Can we do that? Are you, are you with me on that one? Does that be okay? So by next Sunday, Moncton will be a brighter place. And we would love to hear your stories of what you're doing. And... Uh, and share with us, you know, there's lots of ways that you can connect with us. We'd love to hear those stories. So let's go and glow uh, for Christ this week. Let's pray together. Lord, I thank you again this morning, God, for your word. And it's such a powerful uh, text that John gave us, talking about how Jesus Christ came into this world of darkness to bring us the light of your truth, the light of your, your love, and to bring us a relationship with him, which is real life. God, I pray that you would, uh, that you would help us, those of us here this morning who, who have accepted you as our savior, God, that you would help us not to hide the light in our lives, that, that we would not allow other things, uh, busyness of Christmas and pressures and stress and all of that to, to cause your light to be diminished, but that we would leave here reminded of, of your truth and how much you love us and that we would leave here uh, recommitted to shine and glow and blaze for Jesus Christ. And give us uh, 
lots of, of ideas and, and speak to us. May your Holy Spirit speak to us about how we can go out into our city this week and shine your light. God, for anyone here this morning who, who is realizing right now that they don't have a relationship with you, they've never taken that step to say, Jesus Christ, I believe you are God's son. And I want to invite your light, your presence to come into my life. I want you to be my savior. God, if there's anyone here right now who's praying that prayer, that's the cry of their heart today. Uh, we're going to ask them to do something bold here this morning, God. We're going to ask them to, to stand to their feet so that we can uh, encourage them and so that we can uh, pray for them and uh, give them a great start to their new life in Jesus Christ. And so if there's anyone here this morning who uh, wants to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if that's you this morning, and you'd be so bold as to stand to your feet right now, it'd be our privilege to uh, cheer for you and applaud your decision to follow Jesus as your Savior, and then we're going we're gonna to pray for you go any further. So is there anyone here who'd like to stand to their feet and say, Pastor Tim, today's my day. I want to invite the light of Jesus into my life. stand together where David's going to lead us in a great song.